this uh, emotion where there is no God and that was a very liberating thought. And I was like, oh, I want to be an atheist, <laughs> you know, I like that. <laughs> but what happened was, you know how we've had an experience, you can't shake it off? Yeah. I really wanted to be an atheist and I think I was almost there, but for that voice that I had heard years ago, right? That kept haunting me, but I didn't want Jesus to be real because if he was real, then he was scary. And I was so confused. Our guest today is a very special woman. Ms. Pooja Chulakuri is a nutritional therapy practitioner, a health coach, and a wellness educator, as well as being a published author. She is committed to helping individuals balance their nutritional deficiencies and help them to cultivate healthy habits with ease to help prevent or reduce the damage effects of unresolved chronic health challenges. But that's not all. Pooja also published her memoir, And Then There Was Jesus where she shares her journey of recovering from religion, healing spiritual wounds, and discovering herself. Her other books include faith-based poems and reflections and a beginner's guide to using supplements. So she has a lot of wealth of information to bring to us today and such just an amazing story. Let's jump into it. Hi, I'm Shelby Hosfield on a mission to help you find the love of Jesus after leaving the church, the truth, and the mental peace. Here's a hint, it's all about grace, girlfriend. Here we are pushing past the baggage of religion and discovering how to live our purpose through God's grace, not works. I spent years turning my back on him after I left the church, but he never gives up on us. Here we are discovering what it means to be a Christian as an adult, as a mom, as someone just finding faith. Kind of think of this as Christian Living 101. How does our life, our mindset, our family, business, everything change when we lay it all down and decide to walk with him? This is Sunday School Mix with the best coffee talk with your girlfriends. You are listening to Finding Faith Above. All right. Hi, Pooja. I am so happy you could join me today. I can't wait to get into this conversation. Of all the guests I have had, you have one of the most eclectic journeys, I think. And I am so excited for our guests to be able to hear more about that and about your life and just how you came to Jesus. I think it just sounds so fascinating. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Shelby. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. First, I though, before we get into all the nitty gritty of it, which I am so excited to hear about. I do want to know a little bit about what you do as a nutritional therapy practitioner, because that just sounds so fascinating and how it all works with the health and your, in your whole life and that holistic side of it. I, I love that. So I'd just like to know a little bit more about what you do. Of course. Uh, so I live in North Carolina and before I was a nutritional therapy practitioner, I worked in research and technology. So that was a big shift going from research and technology into holistic health and, you know, nutrition and things like that. And nutritional therapy, that's just a new and coming field where uh, we are trained to look for nutritional deficiencies, because sometimes, you know, we're walking around with all these chronic symptoms. And then when you go to the doctor and they say, well, there's nothing wrong with you because they can't find anything wrong medically, but you still feel bad because your body is deficient in certain things. So, so that's what I do. I love to help people, you know, with chronic symptoms to figure out if the root cause may be something that they're lacking in their diet. Yeah. So it's fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's awesome. I, um, I love that whole field and just looking at life from a little bit different approach and helping people. I think that it is so needed and such a cool profession. So I love that you do that. But you have also done some awesome, amazing things as well as an author, being an author. And your story is just so cool. And uh, the women at Finding Faith Above, the women that we are talking to in this ministry, they come from, um, you know, religious wounds, (laughs) just like what you talk about in your book. Um, Things that make it hard for us to sometimes, you know, find Jesus, you know, they put a, there's blocks that happen that really prevent us from being able to move forward often. And I have found in this ministry that people's stories mean more than almost anything else with helping people to break down those barriers. So I'd love to just open the floor up to you and have you just tell us a little bit more about your story. Thank you, Shelby, for saying that about, you know, the stories helping break down some of those barriers, because that's what happened. I am, I don't consider myself to be a writer, you know, I'm more of a scientist by profession and training, but all of my wounds, they were just sitting inside me growing, and I really felt in my heart that I need to start pouring it out on paper just to make sense out of it, right? And that was the time when I was tuning in to podcasts and blogs and things and listening to other people's stories. And it was those stories that kind of nurtured my own healing. And so I felt that it would be very selfish of me to hide my story, you know, and even though I was very nervous, I uh, went ahead and published my memoir. And that does have my story. And I'm happy to share some of that with you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So why don't we just start at the beginning? Because I know, uh, you know, your family and your past, I mean, it starts there, like from, you know, being very young, and and growing up in a very different, um, you know, culture. So why don't you go ahead and share that with us? Absolutely. Um, I grew up in India. So I was born and raised in India. I moved to the United States when I was 19 years old. So for the first 19 years of my life, uh, I was predominantly Hindu. Uh, So my family, you know, we practice all of our culture and all my roots are tied to Hinduism. They were very open-minded. So they did not care if we explored other religions. We were free to do that as children growing up. And, you know, I did that. I had read stories even about Jesus as a child. And Christmas was something I would always get fascinated. And I always wanted that little nativity scene and a Christmas tree. And we never had snow where I grew up. And I would always put like these cotton pretend snow on that tree. You know, So I never imagined that I would ever, you know, go in that journey, become a Christian, and then move to a place where I actually see snow, you know, all the way across the globe. So uh, growing up, I uh, just like children, you know, I wasn't very religious. I just followed whatever my family did. I loved all the festivals. I still do. We just had Diwali, and I celebrated that with my family. So growing up, it was just... uh, I thought as a child that talking to God was very natural for me. I would just sit on my window and talk to God for hours. But then what I noticed, Shelby, is that the grown-ups, the adults around me were fearful. Like all these rituals had to be done in a very particular manner. And the priest would come home and perform them. And we couldn't mess up anything because then something bad could happen. You know, so there was all this fear and as child, you know, even though I felt that that wasn't normal or logical, but I still absorbed it. 
And before long, I became a very religious person wanting to do everything perfectly, you know, with the whole uh, karma, right? You want to make sure that all your works are perfect so that you can get God's favor. And I lived like that for a while. But then, and, and this whole thing with talking to God, that took like a backseat because the relationship aspect just died down and the religion took over. And I got really sick in high school. I was about 17 and nobody could diagnose what I was sick with. And I don't want to take up all the airtime talking about it because it was really gross because I would be throwing up for hours. I lost a lot of weight. The doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. And I had access to a lot of doctors and medicine and things like that. So fast forward, you know, two years and I'm dying. Like literally, that's what my parents were told. Um, there's no hope and there's no cure. So my dad took to a spiritual path and we went to all kinds of spiritual healers. We went to different temples. We went to a mosque. I spent the night in a graveyard. <laughs> that was part of a ritual to help, you know, uh, deliver me from what was ailing me. So really crazy stuff, you know, just wanting to live. I didn't want to die. I was barely like 18, 19, you know. And so um, we, we really knocked on a lot of doors. And then one of my father's cousins was in New York. And he suggested I come to North Carolina. There's a university here, Duke University, very famous for their research. And he thought maybe something was wrong with me that nobody had figured out yet. And so he was instrumental in helping me arrive in the US. And I came as a student. In a long story short, again, the person that was supposed to help me at Duke, he never showed up. And my roommates saw how much I was suffering because I was in college here, freshman year. And they took me to a small church where the pastor prayed over me. And uh, it was him and a couple of other people. And I healed like instant, like, no, not even, you know, I have to take a pause and just take a breath when I say this, because till today, you know, I don't know what happened. It, it was just instant. And um, I came back and I said, wow, you know, I've been praying for a long time and nothing happened. And he prayed in the name of Jesus and it worked. And so I called home and I told my parents that I'm not coming back, that I want to continue my studies and I want to explore what Christianity is about. And so that's what I did, Shelby. I, I guess that was my first. But, you know, while I was doing that, I also had my other things that I was doing. I had other prayer books and other gods that I was praying to. And while I was still exploring Christianity, um, I heard a voice. This is like in my dorm room my freshman year. And I was uh, reading a prayer book that my dad had given me. Uh, and I felt like I can't explain it to anybody because it was not a voice like your voice or my voice. But it felt like a voice. That's weird, I know. But it just felt like a voice. And um, I felt like I was doing something not wrong, but something that wasn't right either, because I felt in my heart, this voice was saying that I was grieving, grieving someone. And why? Because this person healed me, but I'm going after somebody else for further healing or further comfort, you know? And so I wondered, I was like, who is talking to me, right? And I thought, oh, Jesus healed me. And, you know, here I am chasing another God, trying to get healing or protection or whatever. And so instinctively, I picked up the Bible 
And I said, well, maybe if I read the Bible, he'll be happy, you know, like that's how I thought as a 19 year old. And so I pick it up and I first thing that I saw on there shall be the very first thing that caught my eyes is my sheep hear my voice. And I thought, oh, my God, he is talking to me. And uh, something snapped and I called home and I told my parents, mom, dad, I'm officially declaring that I want to be a Christian. And they were completely okay with it because they saw that I got my life back. Um, and I, they never expected me to live. So, you know, becoming a Christian was not as bad as dying, I guess, even <laughs> though my mom was very worried about if, because, you know, at back home, if, if changing your religion is a horribly big deal. And she was worried about it for the longest time that nobody would marry my sisters <laughs> because of oh. <laughs> I know, but she was very worried about that. And uh, that was the first point of conversion. But I feel like I'm going on and on. But, you know, I did lose my faith. Like I did go on to almost becoming an atheist from there. So (laughs) that was a very crazy journey also. Yeah, well, I mean, I know you started. I mean, that's that's a big change already. I mean, that's huge. And I've had so many experiences where women say the exact same thing that you hear this voice. And I've had that. I had that in my life too. And I can't explain. It's not like he says like, Shelby, this is what you need to do, you know, but <laughs> no, but you do, I mean, you do hear him, which mm-hmm. is so wild. I mean, and, and to explain that to somebody, I, I know it sounds somewhat crazy, but it, it's true though. So I, I completely understand what you're saying, but from there, your journey continued to evolve, right? So what happened next? Yes, it did continue to evolve. I think what happened shall be, I had heard this voice and I really wanted to be a Christian, but my religious self, I brought my religious self into it, right? So hearing a voice is one thing, but being transformed on the inside, that hadn't happened yet. So I was still bringing my my mindset, my worldview, you know, the, the way to relate to God through works into already a faith that, but, you know, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, because this group that I was in was very works driven. And so that only reinforced what I already was right? There's a lot of validation for being religious and very devout and very pious. And every time the church doors were open, I was there. And so, you know, uh, we were, if we were 10 minutes late to church, uh, we were reprimanded from behind the pulpit, like you're betraying Jesus just by being late. You know, so that just saying that as an example, to give you an example of the kind of environment that I was in, and I honestly, coming from a new, I mean, into a new religion, I had no idea what Christianity was supposed to be like. So I accepted word for word what I was told. And so very soon, Jesus became not that sweet voice that I had heard, not the person who healed me, but a deity that was very hungry to be pleased all the time. Like very strict, very, you know, I was like walking on eggshells all the time. My mind had become so riddled with worries about what was right, what was wrong. 
a very judgmental kind of a thinking, you know, self-judgment more than anything else and always evaluating everything I was doing. It's a horrible way to live. <laughs> You're going to lose your mind. I did, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so, but what happened was also in this particular environment, you had to obey the pastor. Like if you had a spiritual experience that was your personal, uh, you couldn't really share it unless it was approved by the pastor because of this fear that you're going to be a stumbling block to the sheep in some way. And honestly, I, I did not know. I thought that's what Christianity was. And one day I was done. I just got, and we were in the ministry, my husband and I, 17 years. So, you know, we were very deep into this. Uh, you know, I, I feel like my mental health really suffered. But you know how one day I woke up and I was done and I said, well, that would be so great if there was no God, because if there is no God, then I don't have to suffer like this, you know? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I felt it. I really, really felt this uh, emotion where there is no God. And that was a very liberating thought. And I was like, oh, I want to be an atheist. <laughs> you know, I like that. <laughs> but what happened was, you know how we've had an experience, you can't shake it off. Yeah, I really wanted to be an atheist. And I think I was almost there. But for that voice that I had heard years ago, right, that kept haunting me. But I didn't want Jesus to be real. Because if he was real, then he was scary. And I was so confused. I think uh, there's a word cognitive dissonance, right, in psychology, like my brain was all over the place. Um, the kids were very young. My husband was very sick with an autoimmune um, disease. I was breaking out in hives and asthma. Life felt like it was falling apart. I'd also walked out of a job. And that's when I had like a nervous breakdown. And I was in my closet and I couldn't stop crying. Like, you know, when you just lose control. And I kept calling out to Jesus, even though I didn't really want him to be real, but I was so used to doing that. And all of a sudden, Shelby, when I was doing that, there was a, something went through my body. Until date, this was 12 years ago. This was in 2010. But I still remember it. It like it went through my body, it went through my back, went through my leg. It was a very gentle, kind of like a current, but not, not an electric shock or anything like that, just a wave. And I felt so loved, so loved. There was somebody in that closet where I was sitting there crying, like closed the doors so and no one could see me. And whoever this, this person, this entity, right? In my mind, I'm thinking, is this Jesus? And I, you know, I just, said, oh, this is Jesus, then it should happen again. And it did. And then a the few days after that experience, I kept wondering if, what this is. Is this Jesus? And I said, is this you, Jesus? And it would happen again. And so I just, I really believe it was him coming to love on me in that in that moment, Shelby, I just had this big wake-up call that the religion I was in was unhealthy and it wasn't representing Jesus at all and so long story short fast forward another year um, me and my husband had we just walked away from that ministry and that situation but that's what helped me to get my faith back yeah was that incident. It's, so, it's so fascinating because I'm um, coming from the religion that I did which was more works-based and it wasn't 
um, rooted in, in really in Jesus' love, really, or, or, you know, understanding grace. It was, it was all workspace. It's crazy how that can affect all different aspects of your life. So you having come from more of workspace, even as a kid, bringing that into then a Christian faith, applying the works to it, um, it's wild how it does affect everything. And even now I realize certain things that I encounter in my life where I'm like, I'm approaching this very much for workspace right now. I need to just give it to God again. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to get out of that. So, um, you know, for you, you, you found God, you went then through then a workspace, but then in a Christian faith, but then now you've transformed again. And do you feel like now you truly did transform from the inside? Like we had talked about at the beginning, you said you hadn't, you hadn't gone through that transformation. When did that happen? I think it wasn't instant. I'm going to be very honest with you, Shelby. It's taken 12 years and I, now I finally feel it, the transformation, but it wasn't overnight because there was so much junk. I, I can't think of any other word for it. You know, there's so much junk sitting in my brain that really needed a scrubbing, that really, really, because the mind always gets in the way, right? You're, you're, my heart was open to him. I had experienced him in my body. I don't know how else to describe it. You know, the thing that the heat and the warmth going through my body, I guess that's the Holy Spirit. But um, to get rid of that mindset, the worldview that I had, the constant self-judgment, it didn't go away easily. But but I think that meeting Jesus in my closet was the pivot point and the catalyst for that because it motivated me to seek the different ways by which I could help myself to let go of those things. And I can tell you today with a very clean conscience that I feel very transformed and very at peace because his love, you know, it won't settle for anything more, less than that, right? Yeah. Once he starts working on us and healing us, it's going to go all the way. Yeah. I, I have found that um, most women who have gone to this other side where they really do feel like they're transformed, they're not just living as a Christian, but they really are transformed. They had that moment, that come to Jesus moment in your closet, wherever it was, me, it was 2.30 in the morning talking to God, like, I can't do this alone. I need your help. And he was like, okay, I'm here. And, and then like, just like you though, it didn't all change overnight, but it was like, I, I was given the ability to see things from a different perspective. And so educating myself and, and working on myself to transform myself through that different perspective is what to me brought me there, but it, it, it didn't happen overnight for me either, but my perspective was overnight, I guess you could say. I appreciate you saying that. I really thank you for saying that because that was so powerful for me. One of the tools, because I'm also a health coach. And so I was very blessed to be surrounded by coaches. I always tell God, you, you put pillars of fire around me. You know, these were people that were bringing in very healthy mindsets. And one of the things I was told to do very early on is reframe. You mm -hmm. just described it, like you have to change your perspective, right? And so in an attempt, because a lot of things that I was carrying was negative interpretations of Bible verses. So for me, the first thing I needed to reframe was my understanding of these different verses. And then the second thing I needed to reframe was my understanding of Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
And I think Shelby, that's what's driven me to write so many books because in all my books, I have reframed every single thing that I heard in church. I've just, I've had to do it for myself. So when people ask me, who are you writing to? Who's your reader? I nobody. It's for me. <laughs> <laughs> no. And you know what? That's the reason for this, this ministry is that exact same thing is trying to help people who have come from all that baggage and helping them to reframe exactly what you're saying. And, and first, I mean, God does work within us to give us the ability the Holy Spirit, to give us the ability to see things in a different way. And when you read with the Holy Spirit, it it's different when you read the Bible than it is before when you're just reading words. And I always say like the Bible's kind of like an ocean, like we can, we can, you know, paddle around on the surface, but there's so much more. And once we are able to change that perspective through the Holy Spirit, we can see everything that's underneath in such a different way. Thank you for describing it like that, because to me, the Holy Spirit is like, that's awesome that you say that, because just this morning, I was thinking that he just gave me a new pair of glasses. It's like, you know how, (laughs) to me, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the lens through which I filter what I read now. Yeah. And it just touches you in a very different way. It's very real. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's very different. And it's, it's hard to explain to someone who is walking through the fire still, you know, still going through a lot of that hard stuff. It's hard to explain to them that really, if you just, if you just let God in, mm-hmm. everything else will change. But it, it's, you know, when you're going through that, it's not easy. You know, I mean, we all have to have our moment in the closet or at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> I know, Shelby, and I found that the hardest time I have had letting God in is because of judgment, self-judgment, yeah. and then the fear of judgment, right? think that's the biggest thing I've had to deal with and work through but once you get past that and he comes in with all that love it's so beautiful it really is when you realize that all the judgment of the world doesn't really matter that all that really matters is is him and to know him and to make him known and then everything else just kind of you know, it, it, it softens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So for our readers, if you were to, or, or, or listeners, for your readers, but for our listeners today, um, and anybody also who's reading on the blog too, but um, what would be the thing that you would say made the biggest change for you? If, if they're walking through the fire, uh, what would be your, I don't know, words of encouragement for them? Absolutely. Um, So one of the things that helped me personally, and again, this was one of my closet moments also, because I would go back to that closet frequently, because I was very, you know, like this little kid that I found something and I kept believing it was in that closet. Well, I've had to outgrow that. But one of those moments in the closet, I felt like, again, another voice, like, not, again, you know, very similar, it came from within. A lot of us, when we're walking through that fire, it's very hard to trust God because the very reason that fire is there is because something happened in that relationship with God that distorted the image of God for us, right? Like it's that fire, like a fiery trial of your spirit or something. Um, One of the things I heard, Shalbi, is um, this is when I was asking God when I was reframing, how should I write? And I really felt in my heart that he said, people don't feel safe with me. And so in order to trust someone to help you walk through a trial or walk through something, you have to feel safe. That person has to be your safe haven, right? 
And so just want to encourage everybody that God really loves us. It doesn't matter where we've been, what we've done, what we think. Uh, you know, it's this love is very unconditional and it's very real. And just like, you know, it says in John, First uh, John, perfect love casts out fear. So letting go of that fear or, you know, we don't need a resume to come to God. If we're going through a hard time, he is our brother. He's our friend. You know, there were four in that fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? There was a fourth person, and this person is really invested in you and I. He really wants to help us. And I think it's very simple. We just have to believe that. And with our heart, you know, not what our religion says, not how what, not what you believe you've been told or anything like that. And to me, I think going through the fire, there was a moment of transition where Jesus went from being a deity that I had to please to being my brother. And I really want to encourage everybody to have that relationship. He is your brother. It says so in the book of Hebrews. It says that he's not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. So when you have someone in the game with you, it's easier to go through something. So I don't know if that, that's just how I, you know, how I do it. <laughs> so. Yes, ma'am. I love it. I love it. Um, I think that is a perfect place to, to end your story. I love it. I, I think that um, those words of encouragement are going to help so many people. So thank you. Uh, from here, though, I wanted to know, uh, how is God working in your life now? And where can people find you? Thank you uh, for asking that. Yeah, I am all over the place, but I've tried to consolidate everything on my website. So it's uh, poojachilukuri.com, just my first name, last name.com. I am on Instagram, but I forgot my own Instagram handle. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'll have to send it to you. Yeah, and... no, I'll put all these in the show notes too. So right. all these I, links for everyone. <laughs> I think how God is working in my life right now shall be... Um, the scriptures in Isaiah, and they're also found in Luke, you know, the spirit of the Lord, uh, he wants to set the captives free. He wants to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted. And I think it's very clear to me that he wants me to keep writing and writing and writing. I don't know how he plans to use it, but I just get this one word in my heart, healing. We need healing. All of us need it. You know, if we could just be healed of our wounds, we would all shine our lights so bright. This world would be dazzled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on today and sharing everything with us. Uh, it's just amazing. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes so people can find you and um, read your books and work with you through healing. And thank you. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, Shelby. Thank you so much. I am so honored that you showed up today to listen to this little podcast talking about big things. If you want to comment, share, laugh, or cry about what we talked about today, then you need to head on over to join our Facebook group. The link will be in the show notes. It's a safe space where you can share because we kind of need people in this big old world that understand us, right? 
And if you are like, heck yeah, that was awesome. Where can I get some more? First, hit the subscribe so you don't miss another episode and then hurry on over to findingfaithabove.com where you will find so much goodness created just for you because I really do love you guys and I have been where you are and I want to share all the goodness. So there's resources, more coming in 2022, findingfaithabove.com. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.